You're listening to the Arise Church Podcast. We are an Acts 29 church in Ventura, California, where we exalt Christ, embrace community, and engage culture. Find out more info or hear more sermons at our website, ariseventura.com. Thanks for listening. One of the greatest things that I've enjoyed about walking through the book of James it's, a, it's crazy to think that based on our, our little schedule, today is actually supposed to be what wraps things up, that we've gone through the entire epistle of the book of James together. And we've seen God do amazing things during those just short few months um, in how he's met us with a timely word. And I've, I've, I've really enjoyed that more than anything, because it feels like we get to experience that stuff we talk about when we say God is in control. When we say God is sovereign, like literally God has gone before us and situated us in places like today, where the reason that we're out here and what we are deciding that we'll do is really that our plans folded and God had a different plan, right? And that his word is calling us to pray after really humbling us about trying to be in control for the last few weeks. You guys see that? So I've really enjoyed that. I hope you've picked up on it. Another thing is that God has been tackling some really crucial questions for us, even asking some rhetorical questions, right? And tackling some of the questions that our hearts like ask and the things that we long to know as human beings, as creatures, as just normal people. Like that's been, that's been uh, a part of this journey through the book of James. If you've been through, been in, uh, where in it with us, you, you've, you've realized that. And I would say that today we come to a spot where it's no different. And he's tackling a question that uh, needs answers. It's a crucial question. And it's a question that I think many of us probably wrestle with. If God really controls everything, if God really controls all that comes to pass, including whether or not we succeed when we go into a town to do business, including how long our lives or short our lives are, like a mist or a vapor that's here for a time and then vanishes quickly. Or whether or not our toiling like the farmer who didn't have drip irrigation, by the way, had to wait for the early rains and the later rains. If God who controls all of that and all of those things, even down to whether or not and for how long we suffer, then why should we pray? If God's in control of all of that, and God is the one who sets things into motion and is sovereign over it all, why should we ever pray? If anything and everything that is predetermined is pre or that comes to pass is predetermined by God, why do we spend any of our time and even want to have an emphasis to say that it's important for us to go to God in prayer. That's a crucial question for every person. And if you're honest with yourself, you've thought that, I would be willing to submit that some of you, after I've said it this way, kind of rhetorically, have had question about it even now. And if you're a Bible student, been studying the word and graduated from, you know, pastor, whatever, 
The truth of the matter is, is that you probably still think that way and have multiple times. And so I, God, wants to, God wants to answer that for us, okay? I, I have written down here a couple things. I said, if this is true, then why do we pray? Why did you pray last night? Why did you pray this morning? Why do you pray on your way? Why do you ask for prayer for your loved ones? Why is it, y'all? Just making it practical for us. Why is it that we would have prayed for Dave's father and for Whitney's parents in this last couple of weeks? Why is it that we would pay, uh, have been praying for Katie's restoration? Why would we pray for uh, Maribel's niece's surgery or Courtney's neighbor, Leo, or, or Star's neighbor, Tony? These are the prayer requests that came by Facebook in the last month. Why would we even do that if we really believe God controls it all and even knows how long your life is going to be? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? I, I, I want that to sit with us before we really get into the thrust, because I think that that's really important for us to come to terms with based on our passage. Sean asked us to pray for Oregon fire victims up in Oregon. Most of us don't even know any of them. But why was it important to pray? If you spent any time praying on any of the requests that have come your way, when somebody said, hey, would you pray for me by text? When somebody called you to prayer, when somebody wrote it on Facebook, if you did, what is the point of that if God controls all things? Well, the good news for us is yet again that the questions that the Bible is probing out of our hearts, it also gives us answers to. It gives us answers and clarity. James 5, 13 to 17. You guys know that that's where we are. It's right at the, uh, the end of the epistle. And it reads this way. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. That's today's passage for us. Now, mind you, keep remembering that in the last couple of weeks, our text has been calling us to be patient. And it's no different today. It's calling us to be patient in prayer, right? Remember, he's calling us to be patient like the farmer, patient like uh, the prophets, and even patient with one another. And now I, I submit that he wants us to be patient and persistent in prayer. Being patient doesn't mean you just fold your hands and sit back and say, well, I don't know. There's, there's action that's behind it. And so he gives us answers. Here's the first answer that I think he wants us to see as he points our attention even to Elijah. I asked you guys, read uh, the text before and think about the life of Elijah. Some of you may have even been familiar with that before. Here's the thing. Why, do, why should we ever pray? Because God commands us to pray. Is that simple enough? Is that a simple enough answer because God commands us to pray? Verse 13 said, is anyone among you sick? Let him pray. 
Verse number 14 said, is anyone, uh, or, or is, is anyone suffering? In verse 13, verse 14, is anyone sick? Let them call the elders of the church and let them pray. And then in verse 16, very simply, pray for each other. Those are not suggestions. Those are commands from God, an invitation to us to pray and to open up the lines of communication between the God we've been given a relationship with through Jesus Christ. It's not just like a good idea. James isn't the only apostle that God had to actually uh, give us those commands, right? You think about Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. He said this, pray without ceasing. Again, not a suggestion. Philippians 4, Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. We're called to that. We could go on and on and on, but if you embrace ideas that would actually affirm that question in your heart that says, yeah, God is sovereign, right? Why do I need to pray? If you have come to some kind of like theological understanding, or if you've had a, you know, you feel like you know enough about God that you can say, we shouldn't even do that. Then you're dead wrong because the Bible commands us to pray. And that's what I want. I think God wants us to know that he wants us to see that. It doesn't matter how rational our arguments may sound. It doesn't matter how, uh, realistic it feels the truth is is that god wants us to pray and he commands us to pray i was called to remember this week when katie called us and said i want you to come to our house and to pray to my house and to pray for me katie said i got a diagnosis you guys have all heard about that you know where katie is in her process of restoration and she said and james says let the elders come over and pray and so Carlos and I got in our cars and we obeyed her. <laughs> we got up and we went to her house. And as we were at her house, I thought about the fact that she shared with us that God was impressing on her heart that he was not finished and that he was not done. And she shared with her her faith, her faith and she shared with us her testimony. She talked to us about multiple times that God had met her miraculously and saved her life and done what the doctor said could not be done. And that he was pressing on her heart that he wasn't done again. And she asked us to pray for her. The next day I told Katie, I said, you know what? Your faith challenged me. It encouraged me and it emboldens me. You know what Katie said back to me? She said, we can't control our God. I believe that when God shows himself in mighty ways, the church tries to make rules. The church tries to make formulas to keep getting what we want. It never works that way. I'm glad my testimony is building your faith. Just don't put God in a box. Our God doesn't ever fit in a box. Now, if you know where Katie is today, Week, two weeks later, the doctors are trying to figure out, hey, why is it that this impossible thing is showing up and you no longer need these treatments that you were going to have to need? Why is it that the, the structure of your cells is, is going backwards? And that was the same thing she had experienced before. And she was happy to be able to testify to that. I remember we were doing what? Baptisms at the beach. Krista came. She had just been with her and she was excited to tell us about it. I called Katie. I said, I told you, you really challenged me. She said, believe God.
I mean, I, I think when she said, don't put God in a box, I, I thought about like, man, if you can't say amen to that, you definitely can say ouch, right? No matter what, if we have rules, we have formulas, we have thoughts, we have a theological, you know, some kind of biblical knowledge we believe that we have, no matter how rational it seems, it doesn't undercut the fact that God has invited you and even commanded you to pray. And not just that, here's the deal. What's even more obvious from the text that we have in James chapter five is that he's fixed it in such a way that prayer works. The first reason is because God commands, but the second reason is because prayer works. You guys remember that James says you do not have because you do not ask. I heard that, Carlos, who else? Do y'all remember that? James said, you don't have it because you don't ask for it. James, I mean, just he just threw it out there for us, right? In a way, he's still building on that same thing when he says, the prayer of a righteous man has great power as it is working. How's that for an answer? Because the, pr the prayer of a righteous person has great power in its working. Prayer works. It's powerful. It's effective. It's effectual. It actually brings things about. For some of us, that's too mysterious. And it's like, well, how could he be God then? Well, I'll just tell you that the same God that is sovereign over the ends is also sovereign over the means. He can dictate, he can dictate uh, what's going to happen and also how it's going to happen. And what he's dictated is that the prayers of the righteous would bring about the working of the miracle, the answer, the whatever it is. All right. Verse 15, right? It could get tricky on us if we just leave it where it is in English, where it says, you know, if you pray for them, then they will be saved. Here's what it really could mean is that, 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 that there would be healing that comes. That word could be translated as healing. And it's the same word from Matthew chapter 9. Let me read to you. Matthew 9, 21 and 22. A woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched his robe. And the Bible says she did it. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. That's the same word for saved in the James text. So the made well idea is that by her faith, she said, hey, if I touch him, I'll be made well. And guess what happened after that? Jesus turned to her and he said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. Prayer actually does things. Faith uh, fuel prayer, activity and moving in behind things. It actually works. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because I want us to understand that the, the word of God is calling us to participate. This is a thrilling, that the thrilling time in all of our lives to be on mission with Jesus in a time where all of our neighbors, family and friends are trying to figure everything out and asking eternal questions. When Katie called Carlos and I over, she did so out of faith. When she said, I want you to come over here because the Bible says, and James says, I want you to come. We weren't in the book of James at that time. That was July, day before my birthday or a couple days before that, right? And so the thing is, she did it out of faith. And when we prayed for her, it wasn't just these religious platitudes that come up that we know. You guys know, like the chicken little prayers, right, where the sky is falling. So I may as well just say, oh, God, bless me and, and be with me. It wasn't that. Oh, God, like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to think or just, just help me to brace myself. No, we said, God, heal her. We said, God, the, the doctors have tools. Would you use their hands and heal her, restore her, answer the promise that is in her heart that you are not done with her. We ask God to do what he said he would do and we pray for it by faith. We even said, God, increase our faith. 
We said, for God, forgive us because we don't have enough faith and give us faith, right? We ask for something, just like your kids asking you for Christmas gifts. Those of us who might be right celebrating and all that, and you, you know the deal, right? They don't have no problem saying, hey, I want that. It comes across the screen, I want that. They're not saying, well, daddy, I don't really know, but you know, if you get it. God wants us to, to change our mind from that. I'm gonna close up by telling you this. I called us out here for the purpose of telling us that the Lord wants us to grow in our faith. And I'm talking about our belief and I'm talking about our trust in him. And I'm talking about how that's expressed through prayers that actually ask God for stuff and, and, and not just like act like it's the national anthem at a, at a, at a ball game where it opens it up, but it has nothing to do with what goes on on the field. Prayer is not just that. Prayer is the fuel. Prayer is the, 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 the life, right? It's, it's, it's all that we have, y'all, not our strategies, right? He wants our supplication. He doesn't want us to be the people who are just trying to put together all these different plans because those things will fade and fall by the wayside. If we had time, I would help us to understand one of my favorite texts in the scripture. But this week, just go back and read 1 Kings chapter 17 and 1 Kings chapter 18. And then you'll understand why James brought Elijah up and said, and my Elijah was a man just like you and I, nobody special, but he prayed. I want you to go back and read that. And now that we've answered the question of why we should pray, let me just give you some frameworks for why we're going to pray the way we're going to pray as we now move. I want to show us how to pray. Pray in faith. Our text and, uh, you know, even Jesus's words when he says things like if you abide in me and my words and you ask whatever you wish and it'll be done. Those things tell us that we should be asking with confidence and faith. They expect, uh, you know, expectation that God will do it. Pray in faith. James 1, 6 to 7, I'll remind you, says ask in faith. And if you don't ask in faith and you waver like the sea, you shouldn't believe that you're going to get anything from God. You guys remember that, right? So when we pray, we want to pray, pray in faith. Secondly, we want to pray fervently. Praying fervently. Elijah prayed fervently, the Bible says. Means that he was, you know, when you go read in 1 Kings 17 and 1 Kings 18 this week, you're going to see him bowing down between his knees, throwing his body over people like he's just like serious about asking God for what he wants. And then pray specifically. Again, we said, God, heal her. <laughs> right? Pray for what you want and act like you have a father that you're in a relationship with who loves you and sent his son to the world to die for you as a substitute so that you could be close enough to him that you could say, Daddy, can I have? That's appropriate and it's right when you're in that relationship, right? When you're in a loving relationship with him. So pray specifically. Elijah prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years. You'll see that he prayed for other specific things. I'll leave that to you. And lastly, pray boldly. If the things that we've talked about, let me say that again. Since the things that we've talked about here are true, we should be eager to obey, not just the command to pray, but Hebrews 4. We keep bringing that up a lot. We keep talking about Hebrews 4, which says, draw near with boldness to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy and grace in your time of need. Since God controls everything and for whatever reason, he wants to use your prayers to bring it out and bring it about, then we should pray and we should pray boldly. We should pray bold prayers 
We should come to the throne of grace in confidence, not afraid to ask God for what we want. We've done enough talking about and around things. It's time for people to actually say, God, this is what I desire. Will you give it to us? This is the place that we want to be. Will you open that door for you, us? God, open doors that no man can open. Close other doors no man can close. And we'll follow you by faith. That's what God is calling us to do, all right? So as I have Jeff and Jamie come back up, Jeff's going to start us out with a prayer of adoration. Uh, but even before he does that, if somebody from where you are right now just wants to pray and, and, and pray and ask God uh, for um, the faith to even believe these things and the ability to act on it. Would you pray from where you are? And then after that, Jeff will pray for us. <laughs> 